The San Jose Sharks do it once again in extra time. They beat the Flyers 3-2 to in overtime, making a goaltender, making his NHL debut, look like a Vesna candidate. Shocking, no. What's shocking? This postgame. Let's have some fun right now on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is December 30th, 2021. Happy early New Year from all of us here at Teal Town USA. And we welcome you to this edition of Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game. So here's what we do. We want you to be a part of the show. And to do that, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. And, of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Hit that subscribe button right now if you haven't already. SoundCloud, Reddit, and, of course, our Discord. And find everything at tealtownusa.com. And with that, good evening, everyone, alongside Eric Landy. It's yours truly, Eric Kura. It's the Eric and Eric Show. Landy, how was your holiday, bud? Uh, holiday was uh, was okay. It was decent. We got through it, and uh, and uh, that was a, probably the biggest part of it. We got through it. <laughs> yeah, um, no kidding. <laughs> but um, you know, in the in the in the words of of Brody Brazil, how many goals do we need to uh, to have uh, against uh, two or fewer? You'd be right. <laughs> That seems to be the case here, and uh, the Sharks, I believe, are now 12-0, and entering the third period with the lead, which was barely, if you <laughs> go into that, but uh, uh, let's get into it, shall we? I mean, this was a, a really good game where, uh, you know, Felix Sandstrom, not to be confused with Sandstorm, which is probably why they didn't play it tonight, Gets his NHL debut. Martin Jones, who played the night before in Seattle, gets the night off. Uh, I, to me, I was kind of disappointed. I thought it'd be it'd be great to see uh, Joner and Net. Don't you dare! Oh, Don't come on. you dare! You know that if he started, it would have been a shutout, and 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 it would have been in like epic proportion. It would have been like a forty-five save shutout. <laughs> and it, we would have lost like three nothing. And but, don't you wish that upon but, us? <laughs> but let, but Landy, let's be honest here. It, this had the setup for that. No matter who was in net, they oh, right. they, they could have put a you know they could have put a box of craft dinner macaroni and cheese, and, and <laughs> with the sharks in stealth jerseys and everything. Oh. I mean, come on, it, it's just like you're just asking for it to be. A, Oh, gosh. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think we're going to pull Ron Hextall out of retirement there. Um, no, I just, yeah, like you said, either way you sliced it, this was going to be one of those kind of games where, where the Sharks would have just had, um, you know, excuses upon excuses. But um, I think we saw a good effort. And um, for me, I think the thing that jumped out the most was was the physicality in that first period right from the start of the puck drop. And and you know what? Nobody personified better than the, than the fourth line. Yep. They they started tonight like like little spark plugs, man. And uh, I tell you what, they kind of brought the rest of the forward group into the water with them with the with the physical play. 
and uh, I, I thought they did a very, very good job. They, they sent the message early that you can't toss us around, which I thought was something that the, the Sharks have been guilty of doing over early on in the season, like getting tossed around like like little kids. Um, yeah, uh, especially with Eki, right? I mean, I think that that was one of the one of the key concerns was just that Eklund wasn't ready yet. And you know what? Maybe it's on the team as well that they weren't not that they weren't protecting him enough, but maybe they weren't playing a physical enough style in order for him to thrive, uh, you know, at the weight class that he's at now. Um, so that could have been part of it as well, because I think I, you, you pick up on something really astute there, Puck Guy, is that at the very beginning of the season, this was a team that was easily pushed around. Mm-hmm. And I thought we saw that going through that little bit of a slump before the Christmas break. Yeah, it, it was one of those things where it's like, uh, these guys are getting hit and getting hit hard. And, and I thought VL was going to be a guy that made the team out of camp. Uh, but. And I think it's elevated the play for Lane Peterson, who had to get his crap together. I know Jerk's been all over him on the Pucknologist and everything, and I'm with him too. I saw, like I said, I mentioned I saw the game uh, Sharks and uh, the crack, and he was having a tough time struggling with the puck. I think he's found where he's supposed to be for a little bit, but he he still has some room to improve, let's say, but he's getting better. Um but yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if we just just kind of running down quickly, I mean, if we look at the fourth line stats, they're not they're not great. But Peterson tonight almost had 11 minutes, and you know wasn't a liability. He had five shots on goal, five hits tonight. Now the faceoff percentage is at 33 percent, and that is not good. That's not good enough, um, you know, for a center. Um, and, and I think he switches off with VL, whoever's the, the handedness for those faceoffs. Right. But still, um, you know, that's that's if you want to be a, a, a fourth line center, you've got to be hovering in the in the at least 40s for, for me, at least. We um, we remember those days of Scott Nickel and Manny Malhotra when they were oh. on this team where they were face off wizards. Uh, and- I, I mean, the, both of those two. I mean, they and they. Not only were they wizards, Eric, like on the ice, but I think off the ice as well, teaching the rest of the of the team. You you remember Thornton getting so much better at faceoffs once Manny got got to the team, mm-hmm. and you know Patty kind of reinvesting um, his game into into better faceoffs. They took pride in that, right? And um, you know, for me, uh, faceoffs have kind of ebbed and flowed as the team has ebbed and flowed. And I think it's a it's a key indicator as to effort level and and how um, you know how that team is going to do on that night. It, for me, it's it's one of those uh, stats that has been an indicator of, of team health for me this season. Yeah, and it's again this team has has started slow on on uh, faceoffs and then progressively just dominated the rest of the way. You know, and and it's. It's great to see. So, uh, but prior to the game, like maybe an maybe a half hour to an hour before the game, we find out Mario Ferraro goes into COVID protocol, and then but we get Jonathan. We like we're part of the team. Uh, you know, Jonathan Dolan comes back for the Sharks. Uh, you know, so you get Malosh in, so that throws off all the defensive pairings, which could have been a disaster. 
but uh, you know, and Jaden Helgowatz, congrats on getting your first NHL point. Uh, enjoy the press box. But <laughs> as we get to it, you know, the Flyers take a pair of penalties, which I thought were meh. <laughs> Giroux playing ice capades with with uh, Gregor. Nothing happens there. Uh, Wellman for interfering. Uh, uh, yeah, Wellman with the interference on Nick uh, Malosh. Um, I think that that was the one that they took in the uh, in the offensive zone. You know, yeah. Philadelphia took in their offensive zone. And so my my thing to you is that when Frost makes it one nothing, I still thought the Sharks had played a strong period early on. Uh, just they had they were throwing pucks on net. They I mean their shot attempts. You know we'll we'll talk about the shots on goal alone a little bit later. But the shot attempts were just off the charts tonight. Yeah, you know, and and for me, I thought at the end of that first period if that was going to be kind of like the, the holdup of the score and, and kind of the way that this game was kind of unfolding, it felt like it was going to be one of those tough nights to get goals. Um, I thought, you know what? The power play is going to be a narrative once again. And, and I think for me, at least going into that second period, that kill that they got ended up really kind of changing the momentum of the game and, and with that shorty from from Logan Couture five minutes in um, you know five minutes 20 Logan just making a great individual effort up the zone uh, on the on the kill um, you've got the the good kind of symmetrical pass from uh, Cogliano from our own defensive zone and it's kind of just one of those um, you know, up passes and Logan just takes it right in and uh, goes five hole. And then after that, Logan was still out there on the ice and had like a couple more chances throughout that whole penalty on uh, Malash. So that that made it one one. But you saw that momentum carry over and then Burns gets open in the slot while wide open. Burns, you got to have that shot. Boom, he scores it. Make it two one, you know, from Cogliano or excuse me, from Hurdle in Middleton. Uh, for Burns, he becomes the seventh all-time leading scorer in Sharks history. <laughs> yeah, that one was crazy, and and we we saw a familiar name is is starting to you know get, I think he passed him up was Jonathan Chichu. Yep, and uh, very very interesting, you know, and because I I think of I think of the Rocket Richard for Cheech and you know how he's so beloved, and yet you know now Brent Burns, I mean yeah, this is a guy that we've we've had and fostered, and you know. He wasn't ours originally, but he sure does feel like he's been an original shark for a long time. Um, but Hurdle, I think, really needs to get a, a big shout-out, though, for that drop pass. It, yeah. He just puts it right on the tape of Burns. Burns has to settle it a little bit. Felt the ice was a little bit choppy tonight. I think both teams were kind of fighting it, definitely, in that first period. We saw a lot of misfires on the puck. Mm -hmm. But uh, just to get that puck through to the zone um, and, and, and get that in Burns' wheelhouse— he he nailed it. That was the laser beam burn shot that we know and love. Yeah, it was that nice little snapper had a little more power to it and was great to make it one one or excuse me two one. But uh, hey, not you know Burns had a goal. Carlson will get to in a moment with the assist, but uh, you know Jake Middleton two assists, his first multi point game. Have yourself a night. Yeah, they were tertiary assists. But that that Burns one, that's got to be up at least mid range on Hockey Tricks Moduel, uh, big time for uh, for it. <laughs> but uh, 
Well, I mean, I think he's adding a couple of things to the mix, Eric. I think one, he's he's starting to finally be comfortable in the defensive zone, especially comfortable anchoring it by himself, because I thought very beginning of the season, he wanted to have a, a, a Carlson kind of closer to him because he kind of felt that he couldn't make the the nice up pass kind of in that mid you know, mid defensive zone kind of pass that tic-tac-toe pass from the zone. Um, he wasn't making those kind of passes, but now as the season has progressed on, we've seen the confidence build and we've seen him take more chances mm -hmm. and it's, and it's done really, really good, um, work for that pair. I mean, I think it, it gets Eric Carlson moving his skates a little bit. It hits him in stride. And I think when Carlson is moving his skates and is, is that quick player, through the zone, that's when you're going to utilize him best. So, um, you know, big hats off to Middleton for really, really putting in yeoman's work. But I think the other thing that we got to talk about is his physicality. This is a guy that's also not afraid to drop the gloves. This is a guy that, that can get down and dirty in the in the boards and um, really has been a key integral part. And, and to be honest, kind of a leftover for me kind of coming out of camp. I was like, OK, Middleton, interesting. Right. But. Holy crap! He has been a revelation this year. Him and um, and uh, and Ferraro have just blossomed, and and I think really have have shown kind of where this team is going defensively. And, and not only that, but you you also forget about how Santeri Hataka or Hataka is whatever you want to call it made some plays. You also saw from last year. We've yet to see and Nikki Kanishov yet. You know, yeah. we'll see on that. We saw a little bit of Kanaijev, um, but not a whole lot. So it's nice to see that the defense is kind of getting some leeway in here as well. Maybe not as consistent. I, I as smell, I, I think I smell, though, a trade in the brewing, though. And, and I think because you're starting to see now there are multiple pieces that can be plugged in on that back end. And, and you've seen a lot of interchangeability. And, and when I see that interchangeability, Eric, that to me signals that um, the team is, uh, you know, fluid and, and it's got a lot of spare parts. And it's and it's good to see from the depth perspective that, you know what, maybe the Barracuda have been developing some defensemen. Well, it's dear, God, dear, dear Lord, I mean, could that could that be a thing about time? <laughs> We've only waited um what 20 some odd years exactly. Mr. Sommer. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah. it was two one after two periods. Uh I I want to get to just another Randy G's comment in the chat because yeah. uh can we start to worry about the power play for the Sharks yet? And, and and I love the response from Sleepy Mofo saying wouldn't it be a Sharks fan base if we didn't worry about their power play. <laughs> um <laughs> you know tonight uh, in the last couple of nights, it just has been meh. They go 0 for 4 tonight. Uh, if the stats are correct, going off of what AJ tweeted out on Twitter earlier, you know, 0 for 12 in, I guess, now the last five games. Hey. I'm, I, I, you know, we go from execution to stagnant play to um, just missing out on personnel i think right now the 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 top power play unit is overloaded with all of the stars and nothing is happening and and i think that there needs to kind of be a rethink and a reshape of of what they're doing and i think it's been broadcasted to the nhl that those point shots is the bread and butter i mean they're 
getting and kicking it out to the points. But now teams are kind of allowing them to kick it out to the point and, and kind of daring them to take that long, you know, shot that's not, you know, very effective. So I think the book on the Sharks is kind of out and there needs to be a rethink here. And we've talked about this since the I mean, since the DeBoer era. I mean, we've been worried about about a power play. I mean, I, I don't think until the McClellan era. Right. I think that that was really the most stable power play that we we had had for a long time. But then the DeBoer era kind of started and, and you saw the power play kind of retain, you know, a lot of the McClellan-esque things. Right. But then, you know, as the years have been separated from him, there hasn't been a good infusion of, of, of power play creativity. And, and to me, the power play is stale. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I, when, when, you, when you can figure out everything, that's when you have a problem. I mean, how many times years ago we were talking about, oh, we're rimming it around the boards to Jumbo on the half board. Oh, don't see that coming. Or it was rimming around the boards to Bernsey to throw the shot puck on net or or have Pavelski tip it in the middle of the slot when he gets left alone open again. You know, uh, yeah. so there's that. But the third period, oh boy, you know, it, it started with as a nightmare early on when you had... Meyer taking a, a questionable hooking call, then Burns right off the draw of the power play, uh, have have a uh, uh, tripping call on JVR and and uh, I mean I mean that one to me, Eric, it, you you could have given him given him the Oscar right there, you know. I mean it's just. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful work, artwork right there. What, what is this? Are, are you Italian all of a sudden? <laughs> hey. It was like, wow. You know, uh, but I mean, yeah, exactly. Hats off to the PKers. I mean, uh, you know, like the captain. Like, I mean, the captain. Where where would that PK have been without the captain? There, there's, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. That first one, when he scored the goal and he had a couple other chances, but also. On this one, and Reimer is as we're getting the post game comments from AJ. Uh, thanks, bud. Uh, I thought we played a solid game, one of our best this season. That long five on three when we were committed, block shots, huge plays from guys. It's fun to play behind these guys, you know. Uh, Benino's commitment to getting into shooting lanes. We depend on him to bring that type of leadership every night, and he's doing that right thing. And and uh, I was going to say about the Benino on the latter half of that PK. The five on three with I think it with 13 seconds left, he just dives out and with the second effort kicks that puck out into the neutral zone. And and to me, between him and Logie, uh, I mean, the two gutsiest, you know, displays of PKing I've seen this year. Yeah, I mean, really, it, it had I mean, granted, they all had their sticks, but there is like that <laughs> remnants of that of that May 2006 PK unit against Edmonton was that Maddie in the chat, you know, and I love your icon because I love Snoopy. Howdy, that five on three was very satisfying but very hectic. One of those moments where you couldn't tear your eyes away for a second. But, but Landy, one of the things about that is that Bones gets the puck cleared out. They get both guys back on the ice. Everybody, everybody's excited for it. Then these generate some some offensive pressure, which leads to a, a power play that they get. And, and that's the thing. They had so many chances beforehand and so many chances on the power play. It's like, oh, man, if you could bury one of those, you you, you got him down for sure. 
And, and, you know, it's okay to get away with a power play that's meh, but can be clutch. And, and you were highlighting this moment right here at the end of the third period when you're getting that, that uh, power play and you're going to go on the power play and you've got the chance to put the nail into the coffin and the team whiffed. I mean, completely yeah. whiffed. And that, that last power play to me, was the most concerning of all of the power plays tonight right. because it was a lack of execution. But not only that, it was a lack of execution in the moment in which they could have gone for the jugular. Yeah. And, and Logan Teal 86 saying right on the head, Sharks have one of the most stale umbrella power plays in the league. And you would think yeah. with two offensive-minded defensemen who, who have been – able to generate so much offense during the years and yeah money money with side but i mean it's like come on guys let's 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 not go with just the regular stuff you know let's let's try some other things but get get creative it's not like there's there's a lack of creativity on the forward side i mean shoot utilize hurdles passing a little bit more you know or or um, Gregor integrate Gregor's shot, you know, on the OV side, you know, because I feel like Gregor has one of those slap shots that's heavily underutilized, but I think it's good. Or, um, or the Tomas yeah. Holmstrom in front of the net. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I've, no disrespect to Alexander Barabanov, but I, I don't think he's going to get in the goaltender's way that much. I mean, I liked Jasper Weatherby in that bumper spot. You know, he's 6'4", and he's a big dude, and I think that that was kind of the idea behind kind of putting Jasper out there. But, again, he's not playing. He's on COVID list, right? So, um, unfortunately, he's not available. But still, there's got to be some more physicality in front of the net. I think that that's kind of what we're craving and kind of what we're missing. Yeah. And, and And right now... You know, it is very easy for the opposing team to box out the Sharks. And and if you're not getting those cross-ice passes, I mean, we remember as as fans watching Drew draw the box, you know, and then once you could put the puck through the box, your your chances of scoring on the power play increased exponentially. You know, it was all about lateral movement. Mm -hmm. And and right now the Sharks have none of that. It's basically a forward kind of uh, kick it out to the um, kick it out to the point, mm -hmm. crash the net. And just hope for a bang bang type of play. There is no kind of subtle, um, you know, passing within the, the slot. And I think that that's, like I said, it's easily it's easily predictable. It's it's the yeah, it's like waiting for the deflection, waiting for the rebound. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. And I thought that kind of killed the Sharks' momentum going into the later of the third period. And, and it was just a surprising shot that Faraby gets. Pass, you know, Reimer to uh, that was one that's got yeah, rhymes has got to have that one, unfortunately. Um, you know, I think he had kind of really held the team in in, in a lot of certain spots, but I think that that was one that he would what he'd want back. I think he he didn't cut off the corner quite a uh, quite enough, and I think he got kind of taken advantage of on that far side post. So it was it was a good shot, too, though. You can't yeah. take away from the shot either, but I. Didn't really like the positioning there, but you said it before. I mean, it was you saw the sag in the in the momentum. You saw that the team couldn't take advantage of the power play, and that directly led to that letdown. And Philadelphia smelled a, a way to get back into the game. 
yeah. and give them full credit. They they took advantage of it. And to me, again, showing that the Sharks still have a lot of growing to do um, and, and that power play. I mean, you, you circle it as special teams is, is, is going to kill this team right now. Yeah, and you get in it, – it's, it's something that we're – my gosh, come on. Get it together. Uh, like like AJ saying, the Sharks are still running the Steve Stott power play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he's not wrong. No. He ain't wrong. No. Uh, so the game would go into overtime and tied at 2-2. Uh, and, and it was kind of interesting. Just to, uh, I saw the play develop there. It's like Carlson kind of was getting pressured. He fed it to Hurdle literally as Hurdle is getting onto the bench. He mishandles the puck. He gets it back to Carlson, which leads to a two-on-one. Carlson feeds Hurdle. He he get misses it on the rebound, or then gets the rebound and puts it in for the game winner. Uh, and so the Sharks win three to two on that one. But I mean, those those guys coming together, and it was. I mean, of course, we dude, see it a was big hella smile. ugly. It was it was hella ugly. And and you know what? It was. It was one of those goals that was weird, um, and the timing was kind of weird, and we were kind of at that point kind of all restless. I think as a fan, <laughs> as fans, because you know it just seemed like there was nothing going on in that overtime, and and it was just defense, 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 or then pull it back out into the neutral zone and let's change it up and right. you know keep puck possession and and oh my god, that's the bad thing about the three on three is it can get a little stagnant, but you know. Give them full credit. They took advantage of a missed step by Philadelphia where they're kind of caught in between on a on a change. You know, they're able to um, isolate one of the defenders and get that two on one down low. You know, hurdle sticks with it, which I think is is kind of the the under um, the underserved portion of the story is that hurdle gets it on the rebound. Right. It's not on the initial shot, but it's on the rebound. He kept working at it. So it was gritty, and it was good to see that the boys were able to pull it out in overtime. Um, I'm concerned, though, that that power play is is leaking oil. It has been leaking oil all season. But now you're starting to see where it's it's going to be the Achilles heel of a team that has you know lofty aspirations. And if they don't get that sorted, then I, I don't think that the team can, can stay competitive. The the thing I have is is that um, you, I mean you get you get four points out of the four points you should get, absolutely. But my thing is this: you, you the Flyers star AHL goaltender who has struggled in Lehigh Valley. You know the only reason why he's playing is because Jones isn't going to play back to back. You know, um, I, I mean. He took on 46 shots, 43 saves, huge stick taps to him. I mean, uh, on his NHL debut, I mean, it, it could have, it could have been, you know, uh, oh crap, what was the goaltender up in Vancouver that I kind of felt sorry? Scrivens? No, 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 not Scrivens. I, I was thinking it could, it should have been like that seven nothing game in Vancouver where they, oh, back, yeah. where they hung out the goaltender to dry. Um, you know, but it's like crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they get the job done. I mean, uh, Sand, Sandstrom, good, uh, huge stick taps to you for, for your game. You, you came out and played fire tonight. And in fact, I think 
if I'm not mistaken, looking at some of the comments, yeah, even Reimer giving kudos to him. You know, we should have played, probably spent 30 seconds talking about their goalie hats off to him. You know, I was uh, so, sorry. Uh, people were just kind of looking at where what I'm looking at. I'm I've got the uh, the stats kind of pulled up, seeing where the Sharks are coming in at as far as the standings now, mm-hmm. and just kind of the health of of the team. And I'm I'm still looking at that differential, and it's kind of bothering me a little bit. But it's good to see that the team's back on a 500 level now in, in their last 10 streak. Um, but again, I think that power play I think is really kind of starting to concern me now. Um, in in a way that it if you're you're going to be giving away points if that does not get shorn up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to directly affect standings. And um, and I hope that the team takes that to heart because going over four tonight, um, you you get the win, but I think we all kind of felt one the win should have come in regulation. Two, I think the way in which they scored was very demoralizing in that third period, and how the team kind of felt like they were kind of letting them back into the game. Yeah. And um and you come away with that with that kind of sour taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for everybody who's chiming in on the power play, what power play? I, I am all with you on that one. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm looking at the teams in front of us, right? You're looking at Edmonton. You're looking at Colorado. Calgary, Anaheim, and Vegas in the in the pack, and Los Angeles is nipping right at our heels. Yeah. Same amount of points. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the standings right now. Vegas is at forty two, Anaheim forty one, Calgary at thirty eight, and then Edmonton is still somehow holding down the the last wild card spot at thirty six. Yes, the Sharks are within a point, but they have two. Uh, but they give Edmonton two games in hand. Colorado has five games in hand on the Sharks. So that's a bit of a concern uh, on there. But yeah, LA's right there with San Jose at 35. But then you also have Winnipeg at 33. Vancouver, who's won seven in a row, is at 33 now. Um, you know, you you got to continue to keep putting the pressure on. And that's the big that's the big thing, Landy, is that they got to come up with, with, all the, with all this stuff. And, yeah, and and, I, and and we've been talking about not only how it affects to you know today's team, but the way in which this team is playing will affect the future iterations because we we all know that hurdle that that hurdle contract is is the cloud that is looming right now, yeah. and and to me, Eric, I mean it it goes to show you tonight he had goal and assist. He's this was um, if he was going to get points in tonight's game, it was going to be the longest career. Uh, point streak for Tomas Hurdle, which he does, which he does, and now you're thinking, okay, I mean, how can you let your, if not your top scorer, the the maybe the best generating forward that you've got outside of Timo, how are you going to let him walk away, and and how are you going to sell that to this fan base? Yeah, and, I, and I'm, that's, I'm concerned. That's the big one. Is how do you how do you tell the fan base that, uh, you know, and, and Hurdle making the, the comments tonight, you know, uh, we, we know we're we're getting very many power play opportunities, so we have to be, absolutely be better at finding chances. Something you know we'll work on, at on the road trip, you know, you know, you know, I mean, it, yeah, that's the thing. If you you don't, you're getting chances now on the power play, but here's the thing, you're not capitalizing. 
you got to make those yeah. happen, you know. And we were talking a little bit about the depth uh, at uh, at defense, and somebody was like, well, what are you going to say? Uh, <laughs> I think we have a super chat donation. Oh, uh, oh, guy. oh. <laughs> hockey mom. Who, yeah. Who has some sort of resemblance to somebody on this program tonight. It has a third. I think it's the hair. Yeah, it must be. The, it's the <laughs> hair and everything. A $30 super chat donation from hockey mom. So uh, Landy's mom, thank you. We appreciate it. It goes to, it goes to help support rebuilding Landy's computer again. Yeah. 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 Well, like, luckily tonight, I think we're all okay. But uh, no, I, I mean, just kind of getting back, getting back to it though, it is kind of concerning because he's kind of turning into the most key integral piece on the forward side. And how are you going to? I mean, you've got a. The, the thing is, Eric, at the end of the day, you've got an ice, a roster, and you've and the team has said that it wants to stay competitive. So I don't know how you can say that the team is going to be competitive if they're either their primary forward or their second, you know, their second best forward on the team is, mm-hmm. is going to be potentially leaving. Um, yeah, I mean, there there's some there's some amazing youth in the near future, but it's not going to be here now or next year so yeah yeah there's gotta be there's gotta be a stopgap at, at the very least but, uh, also- but that the depth from defense so sorry now i kind of know where i was going with that you could use that capital you know that's kind mm-hmm. of capital that you're building up now for a person that can plug in on the forward side today that's got a little bit more offensive upside than a kevin lebank because unfortunately i think we've seen now the kevin that 50 point Kevin might not have been really what he's going to be. Um, and, and he might, well, not that he's going to be a bad player, but I think he might hover more in that 30 point range versus kind of being a 50, 60 point person. Yeah. And it's clear that the team needs another offensive outlet um, for, uh, you know, for the, um, uh, you know, for the the team to be successful right. on the power play. Um, another super chat coming in, Eric, <laughs> <laughs> from Justin. Another Randy G, a ten dollars super chat. And of course, we appreciate the super chat. Uh, you can also Venmo us at Teal Town USA, where we get one hundred percent of the proceeds of it. Uh, curious on your quick thoughts about benching Timo for all of overtime. I mean, it was kind of curious to see, kind of curious to see Matt Nieto on Logan's side for overtime. Uh, and I'm trying to find the comment that I saw from Bugner about it. Uh, yeah, well, right I mean, here. I can quickly vamp. I Go mean, ahead. Dolan, yeah, Dolan was looking winded all game, to be honest with you. That was a conditioning issue to me um, with Dolan. Uh, Go ahead, Eric. Of, and coming off of COVID, too, for that matter, you know. Yeah. Uh, you have to be, you have to hold everyone to the same standard and everyone accountable. Uh, that's what Bugner said on not playing Meyer or Dolan in overtime. Dolan, like like you said, I think can be conditioning from coming off of COVID protocol. Uh, Meyer, you know, he has those games where he he struggles, and and I think Bugner's just sending the message that you know, hey, just because you make six million doesn't mean you're going to get out there. Now I beg to differ when it's the defenseman, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we we can we can talk about that, uh, you know, about that uh, 
particular thread in the vein of, of uh, you know, what's going on. But to me, you take a look at his stat line tonight. Timo had three shots on goal, had, okay, took one penalty, was a minus one, one hit, one giveaway. I mean, not a not a horrible night, but I mean, what's what's the message that you're trying to tell him there? I mean, are you trying to be trying to get him to be more physical or are you trying to get him to take more shots on goal or or is it like a a kind of a defensive awareness kind of kind of message? I'm I'm not sure, but kind of interesting that he's the guy that, you know, he kind of plucks out of the of the lineup tonight. Yeah. Uh, what what did you think, Eric? I mean, it wasn't anything that was horrible. I mean, yeah, he takes that penalty, but I, I that, that penalty, I didn't, wasn't even sure it was a penalty for that matter. Um, but I, I would say probably like in the middle of the third period, like, okay, I really haven't heard from Timo. You know, uh, I, I really haven't heard from Jonathan Dolan. Uh, Barrett Bonoff had some chances. He had a nice dangle that almost, you know, with him wearing 94, I'm, I'm, remembering uh corky so much but at the, at the same time it's like okay we need you to be better and i think maybe that's the thing that he's trying to send it's i i hate to use the analogy from from miracle the movie but maybe that's what he was it, it, like bugner is doing that whole thing with mike ruzioni that for brooks did it's like kind of giving him that shake up saying hey don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. You need to be better. You got to keep going. Yeah, I, I could see that. I think you're also kind of wanting to see maybe him be a little bit more of a physical presence in the game. This is the kind of game that a Timo Meyer should be excelling in. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't really see too much from him. Now, Barabanov, to me, I think since he's been put on that first line, you can see him venturing further and further into the offensive zone, and he almost has a confidence now to go to the net a little bit harder. So I'm not too worried about Barabanov. And, and to be quite honest, I mean, Timo, we know. I mean, he just came off of an impressive game's point streak as well. So he's the leading scorer. Again, maybe it's a little misplaced of a message. Um, but I, I don't know. I just kind of a head scratcher to me a little bit yeah a little bit um you you're kind of curious you know uh, and also like i said i think if if you're going to send the message you, you better hope you get it right like because if let's be honest here if if philly scores and comes back to win this game we're all talking about where's your offense you know yeah so yeah, I mean, and I think that's because I, I went from being very pumped about this game, you know, getting into that third period. And then as that goal was scored, I was like, oh, that that's just so sharks. And um, getting the overtime was good. But to me, I, I, it, it was one of those victories that was kind of marred. And, and one of those ones, remember Todd McClellan used to say, when your game is getting sick, you know, you're winning the games that you shouldn't win. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a telltale sign. So that's kind of, th that was kind of the vibe that I got from. Yeah. Tonight. And it's one of those things where it's like, eventually those, those night, those good wins turn into, okay, you got lucky there. 
to okay you're you're you're, like you said earlier you're leaking oil on there so you know something something's got to give there so uh but on a positive the defense i think the defensive structure tonight was so completely 180 degrees different than it was (laughs) against the coyotes and uh, again, I think that was a kind of a rust. We saw a lot of rust factor there, and I think um, that game was going to be high scoring no matter what. Um, but it was good to see that them get back to the foundation, the the good defense. Um, you don't like that one in the third, but again, you know, you keeping them under two goals, and a lot of good things are going to happen. Yeah, and, and again, like like uh, AJ saying, it, what happens if Couture doesn't score that shorty? Yikes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, and, he's absolutely and that, and that right. was a big goal too. So definitely jerk if you're watching Couture's shorty, big one for the module. So uh so the Sharks win this one uh three to two in overtime. You know, they're <laughs> oh no, you're laughing. What? Uh no, I just look at a big bird's comment. We lose <laughs> We stink again. Yeah, we win. Yeah, you know. Uh so Going through the scores here really quick. The Sharks are at 17-4-1 with their victory tonight. Um, holy crap, did the Panthers put a whooping on the Tampa Bay Lightning. They beat the, the defending champs 9-3. Hey, 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 I think we're missing a segue. Was there not Chetta oh, oh, thrown tonight? Uh, oh, well, fine. You know, I, I haven't seen Laurel in there. I know she's recovering from an injury, but, you know, for the people, we'll do it. Uh, hey, Common courtesy to give him a reach around. It's wrap around. So Panthers nine, Lightning three. I declare with a, with a. Did he did he end up getting a hat trick? I don't think he did. No, he got a pair of goals. But I mean, practically everybody scored for for Florida tonight. I think even Jumbo wasn't in the lineup, and <laughs> and you know, yeah, but yeah, but so <laughs> and, and Jerry, yes, you're you're right. You're right there. Yes, my Venmo does it. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course it does, Jerry. Come on now. Uh, Hurricanes uh, shut out the Canadians for nothing. Niederreiter, Tara Vinen. Um, if you have a lot of vowels in your name, you, you probably scored uh, for Carolina tonight. Can I buy a vowel? Uh, you know, Tom Dunn. Uh, and yes, Laurel's on long LTIR. Uh, will help us out at the trade deadline for sure. Uh, <laughs> big addition, big addition. It's like a, it's like an addition at that trade deadline. Right. Uh, speaking of big additions, Patrick Line gets, uh, gets back in uh, to the goal scoring, which I was a little iffy on if he was actually going to allow that goal, but he helps the Blue Jackets to a four three shootout win over the Nashville Predators on that one. So resurgent Nashville, uh, a very very hard fought win, and they still secure a point, and um, they're starting to turn it around a little bit here for sure they they have they started off slow missed the playoffs last year you're wondering is Hines be the guy that that gets the heave ho early on he's done a pretty good job with them and uh on a at Belmont Park Islanders win again four to one over Buffalo Sabres it's just so weird to see that the Islanders have fewer points than Buffalo uh, that's just beyond my, you know, but we have found Matthew Barzell. He got his sixth goal of the season. So it, it's another one of those things that happens. Uh, Mark Giordano got uh, his first goal against his former team, 
but it wasn't enough as the Kraken lose back-to-back in back-to-back night, 6-4 to four over the Calgary Flames. In this one, you know, uh, Mangiapane doing it again. Probably one of those guys for a team you, uh, that he's missed, that he's not going to be able to go to the Olympics for sure because he might have been one of those dark horses. Yeah. Moving onward. All right. Uh, L.A. gets a shootout win over Vancouver, ends their seven-game winning streak 2-1 to one in a shootout. Uh, but Vancouver, you know, has points in eight straight games. In this one, Horvat with the with the late third period goal. Uh, Brandon Lemieux, who who probably still has um, skin on his his teeth from you know Matthew Kachuk, or I'm sorry, Brady Kachuk, uh, gets the, gets the long goal in regulation for LA in that one. So, hi yeah yeah. So there's all that. Uh, that finishes, you know, the calendar year for the Sharks for 2021. Of course, New Year's Day coming up, Landy. So Winter Classic, Minnesota with those god-awful uniforms and the Blues with those beautiful, you know, vintage cream uh, jerseys. Uh, New Year's Night, I believe it's at 5 p.m. on TNT. Uh, part, of our, part of our poll question here tonight here was... Uh, the Sharks get to host a Winter Classic in San Francisco. Who would you like if, as their opponent? In Vegas, L.A. or Anaheim, Detroit or other? Uh, if you're saying other, tell us which team you would want in the chat. But honestly, Landy, with 50% of the poll saying Vegas, 37% saying L.A. or Anaheim, are, are you surprised a little bit? Hmm how we have very, very short selective memories, people. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. All right. I, I see where you're going with that. Uh, to me, I, I mean, it's been a while, and, and that's probably the thing, you know, 10, 11, 12 years since the these teams met in a playoff right, uh, series and moving over to the different conference. I mean... That's that's a tough one. To yeah, Detroit, I mean, but I mean, and, and we said that once they went over into the East, right, like that that was going to be one of those lost kind of cherished rivalries that we had. Um, and it's kind of kind of shown out. Right. Yeah. So um, I think if you're if you're thinking of, of yesteryear and, and very long time ago, you can kind of go with Detroit. Um, I feel like if you're if you're of. I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. Like I said, L.A., not only do we have like it's it's L.A., but it's the NorCal SoCal thing. Yeah. It's it's been, you know, the year in which we do not speak. Um, and I think that there's been a lot of animosity with that team and, and more long soaked animosity with that team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting, too, because there's there's blood with Vegas. You know, there was really good. It was actual blood with that, with that rivalry. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. But hey, yeah, I, what do I know? Uh, it's a geographical rivalry I, I that I I love. So, we'll yeah. see on that. So, uh, they're trying to get us our predictions on the road trip. Well, on the road trip. So coming up, the Sharks have Pittsburgh, Detroit, Buffalo, Philly. 
Will we finally see Jones play against San Jose? I would think he, they would play him in, when they get to Philly uh, sometime next week. But uh, what are you thinking? Ooh, I you know if it's going to be a successful road trip to me, you got to bank at least six points out of it. Um, so you know three wins um, in any fashion, I think would to me constitute a good road trip. Um, just you, you can't go under 500 to me on on this one, and, mm-hmm. and I think that this kind of will give us the barometer uh, of where the team will be at, kind of come towards trade deadline. I think this this road trip will tell us a lot. Yeah, and for me. If we can pull a, you know, a three, two, and one type road trip, um, well, where it's or five games, it's a it's a four game, four game. Excuse me. Um, still, I think you still got to pull. Yeah, I'd still want six points out of that, and and I think a three and one kind of kind of trip, or if you um, two one you one know, one. Yeah, exactly. Two one one one. You could do that as well. But I think getting pulling out six points. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I looked at those those standings, and I do not like the way in which LA is has creeped up right behind us. And I do not like the fact that Edmonton has two games in hand. Yeah. Um, and, and, and especially with the Canadian markets and the Canadian teams getting a little bit more games in hand, that could play a factor at the end of the season because. Mm-hmm. We've seen Edmonton and Calgary go neck and neck at the top of the standings. Vegas is having a good role right now, but it's also kind of miskewed because the game's played. And and Max Pacioretty magically has to have wrist surgery, and he'll be out indefinitely. Hmm, I wonder what that's leading up to. Are we going to see Jack Eichel before the Sharks even get to face Vegas for the first time? I, mean, I, I, have, a, I have a feeling... Must they're be, gonna pull the old Tampa Bay, right? Uh, looks like it. We'll see. Um, they've got to. They've got to. They've got to fill that loophole at some point, right? I mean, boy, it's think. just. It's just these these um, mysterious ailments. You know, it was it was interesting. I thought it, we kind of had this this in vogue thing of using medical. Um, you know, of using medical kinds of diagnoses to get out of of contracts, you know, in kind of a formality type of way. I think of Marion Hosen and stuff. But now to use it within within season, I think that that's even more pervasive. And and it that's uh, that's cap circumvention. Whatever way you slice it, you know, that that's that's got to be dealt with in my mind. Yeah. In some form at least because I mean, what they can trade for a player forever they want, and then all of a sudden, oh, somebody goes down with an injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, uh, also bummer that the uh, World Juniors got canceled. Uh, I mean, Willie Macklin was on a good run there. Yeah, Bordola wasn't going to make it in because of COVID protocols, but yeah. it, I think I think the IIHF saw the writing on the wall with USA forfeiting, then Russia. And, and then we find out a couple more players tested positive today as well. So I think it was just too big of an ask. And, and at the end of the day, you weren't going to have the best on best format. Yep. And I think really we started kind of throwing up the red flag when when the United States had to forfeit their match against um, I think it was Finland, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think to me, that was kind of really when the, the gears kind of got oiled and and really kind of rethought the whole um, you know world juniors, and it's unfortunate because um, you know you've got you've got a couple of players that um, could benefit from the experience, uh, 
But hey, COVID gonna COVID, right? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, COVID's gonna COVID. I mean, I don't know how you can how you can uh, put on that tournament and then you cancel everything, including the women's tournament, which I thought was just hogwash first and foremost. But uh, yeah. not everything's off the shelf. Then it makes sense. So. Uh, with that, I think we are just about done, my friend. So in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Of course, always available at tealtownusa.com. So we will be returning with you at the beginning of the road trip. It is an early Saturday morning, 10 a.m. start. Uh... As the uh, Sharks begin this four-game road trip taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, of course. Sure. Sure. Have them fly out of, you know, San Jose, then go to Pittsburgh, and then have them play at, you know, practically hey, dawn for them. It, hey, it's it it's nothing a Bloody Mary won't fix. Uh, yeah, so are Mimosa. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, so... We'll be back with you for that. Uh, if Ian's doing it, he might get his wish for his very special three-hour episode of After Dark. Uh, we'll, we'll see on that part. So, But in the meantime, Landy, good to see you, bud. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody out there. We appreciate each and every one of you. And here's to uh, some continued success and uh, growth and love here for in 2022. So with that, Landy, your final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts on this one for me is uh, we finally break the uh, the stealth curse. Uh, special shout out to a Miss Rachel in San Diego, another Sharks fan. So that's cool. Joined a lot of different uh, San Diego and SoCal Sharks groups. And uh, yeah, just a shout out. And then mm -hmm. um, <laughs> where you can find me, you can find me at Eric Landy is my first Name, that's E-R-I-K, Landy, L-A-N-D-I, on all the social media garbage. I'm trying to make him blush, folks, but it's not working out too. It ain't happening, dude. Damn. It ain't happening. Uh, all I'm going to say is this, I, I wore the reverse retro tonight during the game. Usually I try to wear, you know, if I'm wearing a teal jersey, it's teal or white or black, whatever. Tonight I went with gray. It worked. Let's see what happens from there. So we'll be back with you Sunday. You get a double dip. You're gonna have a uh, you're gonna have an after dark in the afternoon, and then you're gonna have Pucknologist at night. So uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button, and make sure if you haven't liked already, thank you. F do it right now. And for that matter, if you're watching us on the replay, comment on what you what you thought about the game and what do you think of us. Be gentle, though. Those Eric's are cool guys, yeah. man. <laughs> so uh, until Sunday afternoon and Sunday night, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you on Sunday. <laughs>